welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Bane Bennett, a diver at NC State University. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. I got a whole bunch of alumni divers back in town, uh, and we're enjoying this Sideline Scout and the clipping feature specifically. So it's it's been fun to see a couple of smacks, a couple of crash and burns, and then a couple of really nice dives that I was able to slow those down for my high school athletes and say, hey, look, this is where his shoulders are, his arms are, this is where you want to be. So uh, make sure you get over to sidelinescout.com. Check out Poolside Live. That's where I'm using this clipping feature. And then Heath's got the Sideline Scout box. Um, yeah, Heath, anything else to add? Yeah, so um, Aaron and I obviously were away for Winter Nationals, and my wife had to uh, coach a lesson while I was gone. And I got the coolest feedback from her. I thought it was cool. At least she um, was like, wow, I set everything up for Sideline Scout, and it was so easy to use. And she had only been taught how to use it two times previously. Um, so that just shows you guys – even though it might be a little daunting to get a new system and how to use it. Um, my wife figured it out in on her third attempt. So uh, very user-friendly, very easy to access. Um, but yeah, jump over there, like Aaron said, through our Instagram to Sideline Scout, get in touch with them and get hooked up with the best in the business. Um, so we're going to jump right in here, Bane. So take us through your journey in the sport of diving, how you got started and where you are now. Yeah, so uh, I had a pretty pretty normal start to diving my mom was a, a gymnast her whole life actually committed to go to, to do gymnastics in college but ended up getting injured and wasn't able to so a big goal of hers was to get all of us into gymnastics and by all of us it's me and my uh, three sisters uh so I, I grew up in a pretty big gymnastics household um I hated it I was not a big gymnastics person uh I think I liked rings and bars the most uh but the thing I was most I think attached to it was a trampoline. I love just bouncing on the trampoline and learning how to flip on that and everything. So my mom kind of noticed that and noticed I didn't like gymnastics, but she still wanted me to do kind of a sport that was along that. Uh, so Flash, maybe like the next summer after I started doing gymnastics, uh, my grandfather had a lake house in New York, right on the border of Pennsylvania, New York. And at one of the places, they had an ice cream uh, ice cream place called Scott's that we would go to all the time. And they had a three meter platform. It might've been, might've been like three feet wide. It was on the end of a, of an old wooden dock. I mean, the thing was probably built in like 1970s. It, it was old. <laughs> and my dad drove us over there one day in the boat and was like, ah, hey, let's see you guys try to do some flips or stuff off there. So me being little, my, my life jacket, I swam over, climbed up onto the three meter tower. And I mean, from what I remember, my legs were shaking. I I, I was scared. You know, I've, I've never jumped off anything high. I probably just learned how to swim. Uh, so I jumped off a couple of times, got a little comfortable. And my dad was like, hey, do a backflip. And I was like, no. I was like, I, I don't want to do a backflip. Like, this this is scary. And he's like, well, you know, I'm in the boat. We could we could always drive back and, and you can just stay right here. And I, I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. And I, I got real scared. And he's like, well, let's see it. So then everyone was like cheering me on and I, I turned around and did a backflip. And I think that's where I fell in love. Uh, I, nice. I, every day I remember asking him like, I want to go back. I want to do more. And her neighbors actually had a, like a really, really tight diving board on their dock. So they would let us come over and, and jump off of that. And from there, my mom heard about diving through someone and signed me up for a, uh, for a summer league team. And ever since then, I think that was, 16 years ago nice i was like five so i think i've been diving since i was five and from there i went to 
um, Centennial with Steve Kutruff. I was there for a couple of years. Um, but at the time, my mom was working in Philadelphia. I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia in a town called Quaker Town, maybe like an hour and 45 minutes from Center City. And she would have to drive to Philly for work, come back, pick me up, drive back to Philly for practice, and then come back. So after like wow. two years that uh, – after a couple of years that that took a toll on her and she's like, look, I got, I got to find somewhere else. Yeah. So from there I went to, I think it was Parkland diving mm -hmm. with uh Carrie Lehman. Yep. And I was I there for name. maybe like, maybe like a year or two. We practiced in a high school, had three, one meters. We would go to Lehigh university. Cause that was the only three meter around. And uh, from there, I think I, I dove there until fifth grade maybe. And at the time I was still playing football. So, um, I loved it. I love football and I love diving. Those are the two sports I really gravitated towards. I mean, I, I played everything under the sun. My dad wanted me to do everything. And he, uh, he sat me down one day and he was like, all right, football season is a, is a five night a week commitment diving. Same thing. He's like, you're going to have to pick one or the other. He's like, you're good at both. And I, I want you to want you to stick with one. So he made me write down a pros and a cons list for both what I liked, what I didn't like. And I'm not trying to, trying to, trying to flex my little uh, sixth grade knowledge, but I knew I was probably going to get into college doing diving than football. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was a lot smaller. I think, I think then I was, I was going to play in like the 125 division and I was probably like, maybe, maybe cresting like 95 pounds. I was, <laughs> I was tiny. Nice. So um, I stuck with diving. And from there, my mom was like, look, we'll, we'll move you to a new club team that I heard about. And uh, we'll, we'll go try it out. And that, that club team was TNT diving with, with Todd and Tara Michael. Mm. And um, I had one practice with them. And I think, I think Todd made fun of me a little bit. <laughs> and, and from there, I, I fell in love with that program. And uh, Todd was the one to really get me going, get me off the ground. I, I was there till sophomore year of high school, learned a lot. Um, he, he really pushed me. He taught me how to, I, I think he was the one to really teach me like all my technique and teach me like, dive with power and you know it, it's nice to be a, a, a pretty diver but i think i think todd likes to coach people that that had a lot of power like to jump and you know i still wasn't really scared of smacking so he, he thought that was a lot of fun uh i'd like to make a lot of deals with him and like the other divers on the team like i'll learn this dive if you do this dive kind of stuff like that so i dove with todd for a while um i don't think i think i made nationals every year with todd um and i think in 2014 i placed seventh on one and three and that's i never dove tower actually um until college i think i did maybe three tower practices i would go and just throw a list but tower was not really uh i was not really gifted in the in the platform department um yeah. so springboards is what i stuck to uh after sophomore year of high school my uh my family decided to pick everything up and move to Southern Pines, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. My dad's a big golfer, so um, he wanted to retire in Pinehurst. He had the opportunity to get a job down here. Same with my mom, uh, who was a teacher at the time, and she ended up getting a job on the spot the second she met the principal down here to teach at the local high school. So all signs pointed to North Carolina. And when I moved down here, I started diving for Red Wolf Elite mm -hmm. under Jackie. Mm -hmm. And I dove there junior year and half of senior year of high school um and there i think i think i made atlanta nats was the only one i made um i think the transition 
to North Carolina was was it was definitely pretty hard on me to get a new coach because of how how much I like Todd and Tara. Um, I was I was, I mean, you could ask Wes and uh, and Ben. You, me at meets, I, I was attached to Todd's hip. Uh, I was <laughs> he he would he would be judging on a panel. I'd be sitting there right next to him, just hanging out, talking to the coaches, and um, so I think losing Todd really really hurt in a sense because um, he was really pushing me, and I, I was starting to throw some big dives for my age when I was with him. Uh, so I kind of took a step back a little bit um mentally it kind of it made me question diving a little bit on how much i liked it because i live i do live like an hour away from nc state and where i live now i live in the perfect trifecta of nc state duke and greensboro <laughs> so i had three club teams to to pick from um and my my older sister taylor actually was committed to nc state so my mom was like i want her to get get some experience diving in that pool. So that's why we went to, that's why we went to NC state. And, um, and from there I, I dove a couple of years. I think, I think it was rough on me, but I was getting, I, I started getting recruited by Yaya um, because he, uh, he saw me a little bit through Taylor when I was diving at TNT. Um, and in there I was getting recruited by some other people. Um, but then I ended up making the choice to switch, not switch, uh, to commit to NC state. And through that, I, I was talking to Yaya a lot. And the the high school system in Pennsylvania actually accelerated the classes I was taking for some reason when compared to North Carolina. So going into my senior semester, I think I only needed two classes to graduate. Nice. So I only had one semester of senior year. I graduated in December of 2018. Nice. And Yaya, in talking to Yaya, he was like, look, you can come to NC State a semester early, red shirt train with the team, take some classes, get used to everyone. And he's like, you'll still be able to compete your last season of juniors. Just, um, he, he was like, I think it'd be good for you to get acclimated with the team and everything. So I decided to, uh, come to college a semester early in, uh, 2019. It's really immature, really young, uh, pretty, pretty stupid little, little <laughs> scrawny boy. Uh, the team, the team at first didn't like me because of how immature I was being, being, <laughs> Being 17 amongst a bunch of like 21 year olds, uh, it was it was a little different. But being under James and Holt and at the time Stuart Spanbauer, um, I learned a lot with them, and uh, that's not a, that's not a choice I regret. Some people ask me if I regret like not finishing out my like high school career, not finishing out senior year, like missing senior prom and everything. And I was like, no, I I don't regret it at all. I, I'd make that choice a hundred times over. Yeah. So uh, ever since then, I've been. <clears throat> diving at nc state um yeah i awesome that's my journey it's been 16 almost 17 years long and you know i'm not i'm not i'm not waiting for it to end anytime soon i still love it that's yeah awesome. that's cool you mentioned there um i i had a couple of coaches ask me this question and you kind of touched on it a little when you made the decision to choose one sport over the other you mentioned you were in sixth grade my question here is did you try other sports as well as diving when you were in the high school, you know, ages, or was it like full on diving? This is my thing. I'm only going to focus on this one sport. No, uh, actually in middle school, I think seventh grade, uh, my older sister, older sister, Samantha was dating a wrestler at the time. So he convinced me to try out wrestling one year. So I wrestled in seventh grade. 
I I genuinely love that. I I thought wrestling was so much fun. I mean, I I would like to think I was pretty good at it for a seventh grader. Um, I had a, I had a winning. I think I had a winning record. But the thing that that drove me away from from wrestling completely is I played football with a kid who ended up being being a pretty good wrestler. I think state champion went to Lehigh. His name's Luca Frenzy. And at the time, he was a state champion in our, our weight division in our age. And uh, he knew who I was. We were talking a little smack back and forth. And I, I could tell he was toying with me. Um, he kept taking me down, and I would get back up, and he'd take me down again. Um, it was a lot of fun, but I found out I was not I was not good at wrestling the second I wrestled him. <laughs> in, in, in all fairness, I think that's the experience for a lot of people when it comes to Pennsylvania wrestling. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> like Pennsylvania Especially... wrestling is like Texas and California high school football and Florida high school football. Oh, yeah. Like it's insane. It's it's a religion up there. Especially with schools yes. like Penn State and everything. People people <laughs> yeah. love their wrestling. And I, I I found out real quick that maybe maybe that wasn't the sport for me. Um, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so my older sister at the time was also running track. Um so I decided over the summer maybe maybe I should run some tracks, see see how that goes. So I ran the eight hundred and did long jump. And another moment where I found out track wasn't for me was when I did my one and only track meet. And I sprinted the first lap of an 800. I was ahead of yeah. everyone by a lot. Nice. Nice. I died. I died on that second lap. And I think the, the guy that won beat me by like 25 seconds. Dude, the 800 <laughs> is literally the hardest event you could run. I mean, oh, yeah. Between- like I don't understand. <laughs> I'll just try track. Oh yeah, just chuck you into the the toughest one. That weird oh, yeah. distance where some guys can sprint it all, but not many. <laughs> oh, wow. oh yeah, I think I think I only had like five track practices too, and it. I, I was I was at that track meet for maybe like eight to ten hours, right. and I was like I like di- like dive meets are long, but I was like track meets are way too long for me. Yeah. So then the only other sport I ever did after switching from after committing to diving was a uh, golf i've been i've been playing golf as long as i've been diving my dad is a, a scratch golfer i think his handicap right now is like 0.9 wow so, let's just say i've never beaten him ever i think he has three <laughs> three hole in ones he has a ball like on a plaque on the wall with the scorecard and everything nice um so I, I i took lessons when i was like i think five i think that's when i started playing golf so nice. one of my math teachers was um was a track coach but he was also the high school golf coach and he knew my family because my older sister and he knew how good my dad was so freshman year my dad and uh the golf coach convinced me to to try out for the golf team uh i think i averaged we only played nine holes but i think for tryouts we played two rounds of 18 i think i averaged like a 45 nice so pretty good like not bad at all i mean it wasn't a hard course but not bad so I made the JV team. I think I was number one on JV uh, at the time. I got to play. Let's say we had seven matches. I think I got to play three or four on varsity at, on, in the number eight spot. Uh, nice. So that that was pretty cool. So then I tried out the next year and played, made varsity, played varsity golf. But then I think Aaron, Aaron, you know how good Pinehurst golf is. Moving moving down the Pinehurst and Southern Pines, that, <laughs> yeah. that golf team. I, I could not keep up with that guy. I didn't even try yeah. to try out. I was like, I was like, these kids have been bred to play golf. So, um, yeah, yeah, those those were the three sports. I still play golf to this day, and I got a round in yesterday. I think probably ended up shooting like a ninety four. 
Is that a, nice. a legit 94? No, not at all. But <laughs> smoked a drive. I, th- I think I think I, I outdrove my dad by like 30 yards. I, I, I probably hit it like 315 off the two. So, you know. Nice. Not bad. I, I got potential there, but that, that's an after diving thing. That, that's going to take a <laughs> lot of time and money to get good at. I'm so jealous that uh, you live in like the mecca of golf. You know, every Pinehurst course I've ever heard is just like incredible. So I'm going to have to try to find the time to come visit just so I can get around it. I mean, that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could leave my room right now and I would be standing on the fourth tee at Mid-South. <laughs> That's okay. crazy. Nice, nice, long, nice, nice, nice eagleable par five. I, I could be on there in like maybe a minute and a half if I wanted to walk. So we'll, <laughs> we'll go and uh, we'll go and like my dad and I will go play the par three. That's like right by our house a couple of times. Just. Try to get a couple aces in, maybe, yeah. maybe we can ace. I don't know. <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, that's that's that that was my uh, sport journey, and I just stuck with diving. It's just I love I love the I love how strong you can be. It's a good balance of strength and and grace, and I think for me, it's uh, it's just what stuck. It just clicked with me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's it like having a guy like Wes as your coach? We interviewed him a while back. We hit it off with him we love Wes he's so much fun to be around but what's it like and how's the dynamic on deck right now at NC State yeah so Wes became the coach the summer of he was I think confirmed the coach in the spring of 2021 Mm -hmm. and the funny part about that was I've known Wes and I think he's known who I was for like a very very long time maybe since I was like 10 or 12 I've always seen him on Always seen him on the pool decks. Uh, I always thought he was a scary guy. He always looked intimidating. He looked <laughs> mean, you know. And, and like I never talked to him, never said anything to him. But I, I had this like weird. He had this weird aura about him, and I, I wasn't too sure. And uh, when our head coach had sat us sat the dive team down for a meeting that spring, it was like, hey, we have this candidate. Everyone on the staff likes him. We've had a couple meetings with him um his resume is like insane it's really good but we want to get your take introduce you to him and and see what see what you guys think about him and of course the dive team we we all talked we had like our ideas of who it was we looked up who who left what schools and what coaches could come and Wes walks in and I were sitting in like this auditorium that we have and I was sitting in the front and I turn around and audibly I go no way I was like, I know. I turned. I turned to Patrick, my teammate. I was like, I know exactly who that is. I was like, no way, this guy just walked in because one of my teammates, Matt Sexton, actually dove for Wes, and he he threw it out there that one of his old coaches might actually be one of the candidates. But I was like, no, nah, I, I I don't think so. So I saw Wes come in, and I think that day was the first time I heard him talk and like open up to us. And a- after that meeting, I was like, I I kind of like this guy. I was like, I, yeah. he's a lot he's a lot different than what I uh, what I imagined him to be. <laughs> so he uh after that meeting he got hired and he wasn't able to i don't think he wasn't able to but he wanted to start after olympic trials because i know he was coaching max at the time and he wanted he he still wanted to fully commit to max at for uh olympic trials so i think the day he got here was like june 14th or something and at the time everyone was home for summer training it was just patrick and i up there um, I was actually working on a golf course at the time. Uh, Patrick and I, for like two months, just went and trained on our own. We were just doing basics, just like mm-hmm. O3s in every direction, jumps, starts, just try to keep fresh. And then Wes got there, 
And I think the first thing him and I did was we went to a local coffee shop because that's something that was just something we planned. I, I love going to local coffee shops. So we went and sat down and I think we talked for like two, three hours just about exactly what we just went through, like how my diving journey's been, um, what he's like, what like his expectations, yeah. what uh, what he's like at a, as a coach, what his workouts are like, and then what I liked, um, my goals and everything like that. And from there, I think his him and I's relationship really like blossomed. Um, I've yeah. gotten really close with Wes. He's helped me through a lot. Um, I think I think the thing that helped me a lot with him is how how relaxed he is. Yeah, he's very calm. Um, I'm very eager. I'm very like anxious and antsy when it comes to diving. Um, I'm very passionate about it, but that passion also leads me to a kind of some <laughs> mental blocks, and um, I tend to get a little angry. Um, you can ask any of my teammates. Maybe maybe a little is an understatement, but ever since Wes has been here, he's he's really good at calming me down, bringing me back into the into the present moment, and, and thinking about things like more realistic. Um, and yeah, having having him on the deck, it's it's very very relaxed. He's a very trustworthy guy, um, and he he tends to work with us a lot. He'll write a workout, and that'll be kind of kind of like the mold of a workout of once he want, what he wants us to get done but say in the workout it's like a front inward and twister workout um and i only i only really twist forward so like full out double out stuff like that and say i start doing inwards and i'm like these are feeling really good today like i want to push it i'll go over and i'll talk to him and be like hey man like my four or fives on one look feel really good right now like i kind of want to take up four or seven to see how they go and he'll he'll just be like, all right, let's go. Like scratch the rest of the workout. This is what we're getting done right now. Yeah. It's like let's let's lead it up. Let's go. And for me, that's that's what helps me personally a lot is having that flexibility of if something feels good, let's hit it. Let's go. Let's progress as much as we can. And even like on the flip side, if something feels, I've always had a little bit of trouble with gainers. And say I start like my gainer takeoffs aren't feeling good that day. If I go over to him, I'm like, hey man, I, I just want to grind these out. I, I want to. Mm -hmm bring my distance in a little bit, just work on stuff. He's like all for it. Um, so I, I've always had that communication with him first and our team has that, that same way with him. If, if, if they're feeling it and they're, they're feeling like a, like they want to push for new dives or they want to push for like a harder op that they haven't gotten off that much. He's always very reasonable about like, okay, let's go. Like if you don't get it off today, finish your workout. But if you feel like you're going to do it, like let's go full gear, like let's push. So yeah. For me, me, that's a dynamic. He he wants to make it as close to a family as possible and get us as close knit as we can. He wants to promote like a really positive pool deck. I know at the beginning of the season we had a we had a big like cookout. He brought like sausages and burgers and stuff like that. And he brought some games. We went to this I think like a it's like a big park, like where you can hike and stuff like that. And it had this, this big pavilion. We went and just hung out for a couple hours. Um and I think that was really good for the freshmen too, because it got them. It kind of showed them like this is a family, like we're all here for each other. And um, we had like a, a team meeting after that, and just talked about our goals for the year. So he's very he's very committed to each individual diver, and he kind of works. He kind of works with everyone because um, we're like we're all different in the end. We're not we're not all going to work in one specific system. Um, like Patrick, my teammate, he likes getting reps off. He gets so many reps off. I don't. I do not get reps off. I, I focus on each individual rep and I try to make each rep as 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 good as I can and really make corrections. But Patrick needs a lot of reps to get 
to make corrections. So Wes does a really good job working with that and knowing each athlete. So I, I think this year is uh, I think his coaching style is really blossoming this year. It's uh, it's growing and I think it's impacting everyone in a in a really good way. Awesome. So, you know, you mentioned how you were at NC State with Yaya um, and now you have Wes. Just talk to us a little bit about that transition from an athlete's perspective, going from one coach to another, kind of in the middle of your college career. Yeah. So having a big coach switch, um, I would like to think is not something that every athlete has. Um, you know, switching coaches is, is is like a pretty big deal. You know, you get you get used to one system, one way someone coaches. Um and I think having that switch in the beginning was was pretty rough, um, just because I didn't know Wes, I didn't know his system. Yaya was very, he was a very technical coach, which I think in the beginning really helped me a lot. Coming off of like two down years of not really sure if I wanted to continue diving or and, and everything like that, um, I know Yaya. The first thing I did was I had maybe two weeks of I was only doing lines. You know, at, at the time my entries weren't good, and right. he really broke down like step by step i know one of one of his big things that that he preached to me was um there's seven steps to a dive and the last one is i think the last two is out in an entry mm -hmm. and that's all i worked my first two maybe three weeks here was just get up on the three meter tower i'm doing 10 of each line i'm doing one with my arms uh in a t one with my arms like in a w kind of getting ready to grab uh, one with my arms above my head and then going to like dives and I'll, it's basically like a four by 10 workout. So right. I'm doing 40 front lines, 40 back lines, and then I go to jumps. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I was putting in like 110, 120 reps of practice uh, for three weeks and that, that I needed to get in shape and that, that, that woke me into shape real fast. Um, nice. And that, that breakdown is something that I, I really needed. My entries got better. My takeoffs got better. My outs came right back. Um, and as I said, he was a very, very technical coach. Mm -hmm. uh, he broke everything down. We did a lot of video. Um, and we just came up with ways to break down dives in kind of like a numbers aspect. Um, like we used a clock for takeoffs in a sense. Like when the board's when the board's parallel to the water on gainers, like I want your arms at 11, 11.30, and your arms are at like 132. Yeah. So like envisioning that in my head, like really – really helped me at the time. Um, and then transitioning into Wes, for me personally, Wes is a lot more feel. He wants to know how things felt for me. Um, and he's breaking it down into more of like patience. And instead of saying, I want your arms at 11 o'clock, he's like, just at the top, really just step out of your hurdle and just hold, really feel like you're holding or feel like you're throwing back over the board. Or um, one thing he says to me on fronts and inwards a lot is uh, when we were in West Virginia on three meter, they had this big, their big like logo, the West Virginia logo. And he's like on inwards, when you start throwing, place your hands at that and then finish through the throw. So it's a lot more uh, feel, which I think for me uh, developed really well over time because I, um, I'm a, I'm a pretty big feel person. Right. Um, it's it's hard it started to get hard for me to do the whole technical aspect because i started overthinking everything um i had too much going on in my head and i think wes realized that and he's like let's make it really simple and just yeah. base it off of like patience and timing and 
um, like seal the board out and everything like that. So that that was a big that was a big switch. Um, and I think as of right now, um, I, I couldn't be where I am today without the both of them. Yeah. They both helped me an extraordinary amount. And I think I needed each coach at the time I was at. In the beginning, I needed a more technical coach, but then I developed into more of like a a field diver. And that's, I think both were, yeah. were perfect for me in a sense. Awesome. So now just, um, you know, before Aaron gets to his, his next question, you know, what are you looking forward to in your career? And what do you have set as goals in your diving career for the remainder of your career? Yeah. Um, I have very, very ambitious goals. Um, I know, I know a lot of Olympic sport athletes want to make the Olympics. Um, that's definitely something I want to do, but it's not, that's not my biggest uh, priority, honestly. Um, I think making the Olympics would, would be icing on the cake. I think, I think it'd be a great thing for as long as a diving, as long as a diving career as, as I've had, I think making the Olympics would be amazing. Um, but for me and um, the team I'm on swimming and diving is, is I, I want to win. I want to win a lot. I want to win for my team. I want to win for my school. Um, my swim team pushes me every single day um, and kind of like leaving my mark on where I'm at now. Um, I chase school records a lot. I broke the one meter school record at NC state last year. James Brady holds two records, one of which I want to break. I don't really want to break the tower one because <laughs> that means I got to throw some big dives on 10 meter. And I, I don't think I'm ready to do that, but he has a, he has a three meter record and James, if you're listening, I'm still chasing that to this day. Um, that, that is a huge goal of mine. It's kind of just leaving my mark on NC state and, uh, kind of building a legacy is what I want now in awesome. in every aspect. Um, when it comes to, I'm on ACC SAC, Student Athletic Advisory Council. Um, I'm the vice president at NC State, and I'm the co-chairman of the ACC Mental Health Committee with awesome. Dylan Reed from Pitt. Yeah. Um, and one of our goals right now is to make mental health resources more known and more available to student athletes in the ACC. Um, and that's just another way I could leave my mark is is really kind of changing the way that people view sports and mental health in sports. And with that pursuit, it's helping my diving a lot with it's kind of like it's bigger than me, you know, yeah. like I, I want to win. I want to leave this legacy of myself, but I, I also want to help everyone that's following me. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's a big goal of mine is to kind of. NC State diving in the past was was insane. I think they went 13 years, uh, had a 13 year streak of winning one meter at ACCs, and that was back in like the 70s and the 80s. And I want to I want to jumpstart the NC State dive program right back into that of of dominance as as yeah. with our swim team too. We have a dominant swim team, but I I want our dive team to be right up there with them and kind of contend for NCAA titles. Like that's you know. An individual NCAA title is going to feel just as good to me as winning a team NCAA title. So, yeah, um, for sure. Right now, a goal, I think a couple of big goals for me is breaking that three meter record and not just breaking it, like destroying it. I think it's like 402, <laughs> 402.5 on three meter. And James did that with 205C, 305C, full out, 107C, right. 405C, and back when I have two and a half. So, like a 14, 15 junior list. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, he did it for like eights, which was insane. But, you know, I, I want to put a number up there that everyone that follows me is like, dang, like 
I'm going to have to really work to to break yeah. that. And, you know, I want people to break it and I want West to recruit and I want NC State to recruit people that are going to break it. So for me, that's a, that's a big goal of mine. I want to win. I want to win the one meter title at ACC's one meter. One meter is my, uh, my baby. <laughs> I coddle it. I love it. Um, it's my favorite board. I've always loved it. So winning that title would, would be uh, really fulfilling for me. Meddling on three meter at ACC's and, and finally at NCAAs, I feel like that would solidify me as one of the, one of the best, best NC, NC state divers in history. And that, uh, that would help me leave my legacy. So for that, that's, those are my goals for NC state, but just making a national team. And um, that's always been a goal of mine. I've always wanted to always wanted to make it. Todd used to tell me 200 point vols. He's like yeah. 200 point vols, 200 point vols will get you there. I don't think I've ever gotten to, I think I got 198 once <laughs> vols were not my strong suit, but um, Todd knows that I, I've been talking about that, that goal since I was 12, 13. I've, I've always wanted to do it, and Wes knows that that's, that's a goal of mine. So um, I would say right now making a national team and really solidifying my legacy in, at NC State and in the ACC is yeah. two really, really big priorities of mine. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you mentioned earlier that uh, you used to be this, this little scrawny kid, and I don't know if you've seen this man's Instagram, but he is jacked, like beyond belief jacked. So, well, my question here is I see a lot of powerlifting videos. Is that something that you're passionate about? And do you see any correlations in that big lifting and, you know, being bulky in your diving and specifically on one meter? Yeah. So for me, lifting, there's three areas um, that I think are all equally important to each other when it comes to diving. The first and foremost is the diving itself is practicing, getting bigger dives, cleaning up your list, entries, all the technique, making dives look good. Um, that's a third of the puzzle to me. Number two is is definitely mental health. Diving is a, is a very mentally demanding sport. Um, you're constantly fighting things that you're scared of. You're fighting injury. Um, and, and it takes a toll, you know, being stressed all the time about having competitions coming up, getting judged. I mean, no one, no one likes to get judged. It's, it's one of the hardest things to go through is, is, is criticism. Um, so that takes a toll on you mentally. So I really take strides to um, really secure my mental health, like meeting with sports, like doing uh, like I journal and uh, I got into meditating like a year ago. So that those are two things just to keep myself like very mentally sound and ready for practice. And then, keep myself ready for the next thing, which is, which is lifting and working out and staying in the best shape I can be. Um, I think when I got to college, I was maybe 5'11", and I was probably 170. And I don't think any of that was muscle. I was a little, little chunky when I came into school. I had videos. I did not look good. Um, and then right now I'm walking around at, I would love to say six foot but my trainer says five eleven and three quarters. Um, he's like, he's like five, eight. So, you know, he could be lying cause he's jealous, but I would, I'm, I'm five eleven and I'm walking around at like one ninety five right now. So I, I put on a lot of muscle since I've been here. Um, and I, I think, I think weight training is, is really important. Um, we do a lot of Olympic lifting, a lot of cleaning, snatching, back squat, front squat, deadlifts. So very, very typical Olympic weightlifting. Um, with our new weight coach, he wanted us to work on explosiveness. So we have these force plates, um, and we call it just 
it gives you a, something called a Sparta score. Um, and it's connected to uh, a computer. It's connected to a computer and it tells you uh, your drive, your load, and your explosiveness. And there's n absolutely no way you can cheat it because it calculates your body weight and it calculates how much force you're putting out. So you can, there are these other jump mats that we have to where you could jump, flatten your feet, bend your knees, and you're going to, you're going to get a higher jump because you know yeah. you, you were in the air for a longer time but you cannot cheat these things so <laughs> through there you can do balance stuff so he first thing he had us do was was do all of that he had our sparta score um i think it's out of 100 and a good score is like 85 but a pretty like elite score is, is breaking 90s i th i think off the top of my head i have the highest recorded on our team at a 94 Nice. So that means, that means my jump is balanced. Um, we do like shoulder stability. That's balanced. Uh, my leg stability is balanced. So through that, our weight coach goes through and sees my, my load is personally not good. I, my, my drive and my explode is, is, is pretty good, but my load is a little weak. I'm not good at loading into the, say like, I'm not good at loading into a board, but I'm good at exploding out of it. Um, so he designed each individual like weight sheets we have them on uh google spreadsheet uh he designed like every person's sheet so i can work on my load while others can work on their explode um so for a while we were doing that kind of stuff just to see if it would benefit us if our numbers would go up and mine shot straight up my load got really good just doing specific exercises like um nice. eccentric and concentric holes um and mm -hmm. squats uh, doing a lot of like single leg work, uh, just getting our quad strength in each leg balanced again. Um, so I saw a lot of benefits, especially being a primarily springboard diver. Having stronger legs is is never an issue, you know. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing with late weightlifting is staying flexible, but Wes does a really good job of having really good warm ups and after practice stretching to to keep to keep us like nice and nimble. And our our weight coach does that too. Like we'll we'll hit a heavy back squat set. And then immediately go into like, uh, I think right now we're, we, we do cleans and then we go into right, right into like rolling out right after we do a set of cleans, we, we go and roll out like our lats and everything like that, just to keep them like loose. Um, we did some hip mobility work just to keep our hips nice and mobile. Um, and I got blessed with two extremely, extremely good weight coaches. Ours right now is John Abatoy. Um, he was training some Olympic swimmers in California and he or he was looking for to coach college and he came here and he made a huge impact on. Um, and I, I think I would always send him videos of like he Chong and um, Jack Matthews. And I was like, look at the legs on these guys. And these, <laughs> I mean, like, I was like, I know they're like five, four, but these dudes have tree trunks as legs. And over the summer, I kept sending videos. I was like, I want to have the biggest legs I possibly can. I want to be able to, no matter where I land on the board, I can still push it down and I can still explode yeah. out of it. A good example of that is, is Alex Hart at UNC. Yeah, That, di that yeah. dude was a gymnast and he is jacked. But no yeah. matter where he lands on the board, he, you know he's going to pop off and he's going to go high. So that, that was a yeah. huge goal of mine. And John really, um, we sat down and he helped design the best weight sheet for me. And um I ended up last year winning uh, NC State Swing and Diving Award called the Iron Wolf Award. Nice. Um, which is for commitment to weights, commitment to leadership, 
um, consistency and just overall like strength gains. Yeah. Um, my roommate actually won it the year before. Nice, Marcus, and he's a he's a pretty jacked breaststroker. And the entire year, I, I was talking smack to him like, "I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to win it." And that was a really big goal of mine uh, coming in last year to win that award. And it's still a goal of mine this year. Got to since he's my roommate, we got to keep it in the house. And um, I think lifting weights, if you do it the right way and you have the right technique, I, I think it's absurdly beneficial to diving. Yeah. Uh, platform springboard, uh, getting stronger is never going to help. Uh, is is always only going to help. Um, and I feel like I'm jumping higher. I feel like I can ride a board better. My hurdle feels stronger and, um, I've only saw benefits. So I'm going to, I'm still going to try to get maybe not right now as big as I possibly can right now. It's more of getting faster, getting yeah. more explosive, but when I'm done college, Olympic lifting is, or when I'm done diving, Olympic lifting is something I'm going to pursue and try to compete in. Cause we had nice. a, when I was a freshman, there was a senior diver named Madeline Klein. Um, and for two years or a year and a half, she outlifted me and that drove me insane because she was the strongest diver on the team and I was chasing her. And I think now my numbers are definitely like higher than hers by a good amount, but per body weight, she is ridiculous. She's competing Olympic weightlifting. She's winning competitions. That's, that's something I'm really passionate about. And I'm definitely going to, um, pursue after school, but cool. I recommend it to any diver to just get in the gym, learn proper technique and just get big, get strong and see how it's like, see where it takes you. Yeah. For nice. sure. So, so what are you studying? What's your major and what are your plans after college to utilize that major? Yeah. So since I came into college early, uh, I took some community college classes in high school just to get ahead. Uh, Cause at that time I knew I was going to come into college early. So I wanted to, kind of get all the classes I needed for freshman year, first semester out of the way. Um, so I came in undecided. I was really passionate about landscape design. Uh, I did a lot of landscaping with my mom growing up. Uh, I've always been in love with it. I love help like to help transition someone's yard into, into what they want by planning and like planting and like maintaining someone's yard. But my mom being a business teacher at the high school made me take an accounting class, her class. And um, <laughs> no matter what she tells you, no matter what she tells anyone, I was the best student in that class. I should have gotten a hundred, but she took points off of my test purposefully because she didn't want me to have the highest grade in the class. <laughs> and if you ask her, she's going to say no, but I swear that's what happened. Um, so from there, I, I was undecided and, my first semester, but I got the opportunity to get an outside accounting scholarship that kind of paid that not kind of, it, it paid for my schooling. Nice. So I started to pursue accounting. So I'm getting a degree in just regular, just accounting, no concentration. Nice. Um, but since I came to college early, I had the opportunity to dual major and get another major while I was there, get two degrees. So now I'm, I'm going to get a finance degree as well. Nice. Uh, I started to not, like accounting as much as I did when I came in, it got really hard. I just took an auditing class, which I did not like. It was boring and I didn't understand it, but I took some finance classes with uh, like portfolios and investing into the market and how to like manage money. And I, I, I kind of fell in love with that. Nice. So I got 
I got an internship with Cisco over the summer, which is a tech company. They saw their they originally started selling routers and um, switches for big companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they they decided they just branched out, but um, I got a sales internship with them, um, and I learned that I can make a lot more money in tech sales than I could in landscaping. So I decided that I, I kind of liked uh, tech sales a little bit more. So whenever I finish my undergrad, I'm going to try to get another internship with Cisco in a sales or finance path. Um, but I'm putting that on hold because right now I have my COVID year, I have my fifth year. So I have the opportunity to dive another year as well as pursue a master's. So right now I'm looking at getting my master's in communications, um, mainly organizational, which would help me a lot with kind of gauging how people feel and then making changes based off of that. So it's a lot of research, um, which is what I'm doing with Dylan Reed for ACC SAC, which is, um, surveying student athletes and head sports psychologists at each ACC school, see what resources they need, what resources they have, how they feel about it. Um, Just kind of getting the general feel of mental health in the ACC. And him and I are going to try to propose legislation to the ACC based on that for any changes that student athletes want to see in their school. Um, Whether or not the ACC accepts that, and makes those changes. It's not not on me, but what we're trying to do is gather as much research as we can and um, try to benefit everyone. And that's kind of what organizational uh, communications is. Yeah. Um, so that that's what I was going to pursue my master's in. Dive another year. Nice. Ho- hopefully, GA get some coaching under my belt after. Nice. Um, so then I kind of I want to work, make a lot of money, and then come back to the sport of diving. And I think the most fulfilling thing I could do is is end up coaching. Yeah, um, I, I would love to coach a D1 program. Um, you know, I've been diving for 16 years, so I got a got a lot of knowledge stored up in in my brain of technique. And um, all I need is just a little bit more coaching experience and yeah. getting all that under my belt. So coming back to coaching is definitely a big goal of mine. But nice. making money and coaching is is what I want to <laughs> do. So tech, tech sales for a little bit after might sound boring, but I actually. I like talking to people. I like meeting people. So I think tech sales is probably the best route for me. So those are, yeah, I would say in short, those are probably my big biggest plans after college. Yeah, nice. that sounds good. Well, hey, I got a, I got a fun one here. We're gonna do a little rapid fire round. Uh, so I got two options. It's this or that. You just gotta pick one, and we'll go on to the next with no explanation. So right. first, first one. Here we go. Human Torch or the Thing? Surprisingly, I'm gonna go with the Thing. All right. So so Black Widow or Gamora? I'm going Black Widow. All right. So you, now we go we switch gears. We're going to go Sean White or Mark McMorris. They're both snowboarders. You can't deny the hair of Sean White. I'm going to have to go Sean White. <laughs> All right. So then we're going to go Fire or Ice. That's a hard one. I'm going to go Fire, Ice. I don't I don't like this. All right. So then Ed Sheeran or Nickelback. Now this is going to be really controversial. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like Ed Sheeran, man. I don't like him. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go Nickelback. All right. The last one. Favorite Denzel Washington movie: Man on Fire or Training Day. 
I don't think I've ever seen man on fire, so I'm gonna have to go training day. <laughs> I'm trying I'm not, so hard to keep a straight. I'm young. Face. I'm young, man. I feel like those movies were made before before I was born, or maybe when I was like younger than five. So I'm I've seen training day, so I'm gonna go training day. I think it is very important for us to explain to the listener what Bane wanted me to do on the broadcast so they understand these jokes. I'm trying so hard not to into this. So so for you listeners at home, uh, Bane had asked me if he made the final on uh, one meter, if I would make subtle redhead jokes because Bane has red hair. So I was able to mention one like, oh, he's diving like his hair's on fire. So Aaron made this rapid fire all kind of like subtle redhead <laughs> jokes and <laughs> it's just funny that that bane actually probably picked more answers that don't correspond to that which is awesome <laughs> oh, yeah. i know i know i know we talked about the human torch like that like that's that's why i said a lot of people would like ask me what my favorite super like superhero was and they would bring up the human torch because like i had i like one of the jokes in middle school that stuck with me was some kid walked around with a pencil and he put it up to my hair, and then he would be like, "The torch is lit." And then he would run around the room and just say that <laughs> that my hair lit the torch. Nice. So, like, I liked the Human Torch, but the thing is hard to beat. You know, I, you know, I, I just I like the thing. Nice. <laughs> Good call. Nice. All right, well, well, we'll get into our signature questions now. Uh, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing. We treat failure like an opportunity for growth. So. From that avenue, what would you say your favorite failure or your best opportunity for growth has been? I think a lot of, I think a lot of like my best and funniest fails have come from platform, specifically in the arm stand category. Um, for those that know my front arm stand, know what I'm talking about. My front arm stand on five meter is the most atrocious thing you could possibly see i can send you guys a video um i think freshman year we went to an an, an invite at tennessee no it was um yeah it was there i did a front arm stand flip on five and my right arm for some reason would just give out all the time and at the time i didn't i i had a really bad tendon in my thumb but i didn't know i thought i just had wrist pain and my wrist just won't flex that far. So my arm would give out. I would turn, and I would do like a quarter twist in the air. And at that meet, I did that and then just landed on my side. Like, it it was 100% failed. I should not have gotten any points on it. But I got pity halves. I think I scored like 4.25 points on that dive. It was probably the lowest scoring dive I've ever seen or I've ever done that wasn't failed. Um and freshman year, I tried to do back arm stand flip on five. I think this video is on my Instagram. Um, I got completely lost the second I came off the tower. And I thought I did um, like a double, not an arm stand double. I thought I did like a back double. And I just kicked out. But I kicked out parallel to the water and just landed flat on my <laughs> back off five. And I think those were probably my my best my best fails. Like I have I have a lot of springboard fails, but for me, like, they're not as funny because I'm like, I care too much about springboards. So I never, I never found them looking back. I find them funny, but a lot of my best ones come from tower. And honestly, that's my best area for growth. Um, 
I think at ACC's freshman year, I got second to last. Last uh, sophomore year, I got last at ACC's. And I grew a little bit last year. I think I got like 24th, which is the last place in C final. So I grew. Nice. Um, but Tower is definitely my biggest opportunity to grow. And pushing arm stands is, is 100% what I need to do. I could do everything else, but yeah, I think for those that for those that know me, arm stand is a is really even even all my swimmer teammates who some of them don't really know anything about diving know that whenever my tower gets brought up, they're like, oh, that 4.5, point, 4.25 points. They're like, oh, we, we know that one. They're like, oh, he's doing that dive again. So those, those are probably, looking back, those are probably my favorite. And uh, I'm still yeah. going to try to get better at them, but no no promises there. Yeah, no worries. And then uh, finally for me here, what is what is something the NCAA or USA Diving can do to improve? For USA Diving, I think it's just – getting getting diving out there more um i diving is a pretty i would like to say niche it's pretty niche sport um i was getting food somewhere last year and i had a nc state swimming and diving hoodie on and the guy was like oh so you dive and i was like yeah no i i dive and i was kind of surprised he knew what diving was and he's like Oh, so what's what's the coolest cave you've ever dove? <laughs> he's like he's he's like he's like I've done some scuba diving, and I was like, oh, I don't do that, man. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I, I do a completely different diving. So I think, kind of like marketing diving in a more broad way yeah. and getting yeah. getting diving out there more, especially like I know a lot of gymnasts transition to diving, yeah, and they do, and they do really really well. I mean, a great example of that is uh. It's a Yancey's, Kayla and Kiana. Um, my mom was actually their gymnastics coach growing up. Same with Paige Burrell, who dives at UNC now. Yeah. And the Yanceys dove for like three years. I think their second year, they both made national teams. And then they just stopped to pursue gymnastics. But I think, I think there's a lot of people that would be very good at diving that are very – like diving is a very athletic sport. And I feel like people – like some people just don't know that about how yeah. like physically demanding and how athletic you have to be to be a good diver. Um, yeah. So I think just getting it out there, like holding camps, trying to introduce people to diving. And um, I mean, it's a great sport. You can learn a lot from it. You learn a lot from failing and getting back up and trying again. And I think it's a, it's a great sport for kids to do. Um, so kind of just like holding camps and just trying to introduce people to introduce people to the sport and getting, getting the sport of diving out there. A lot yeah. of people only know it from only know it from the Olympics and, um, I mean, that's not a bad way to know diving because, of course, they get to see the best of the best do it. Um, yeah. Just kind of getting it more more mainstream as a as a really physically demanding, challenging sport. Uh, yeah. For yeah. the NCAA, for the NCAA, I would say um, for me, it's just it's just mental health. Really, not even just for diving, uh, for all sports, is really focusing on. I think we do a lot. I think the NCAA does a lot for physical injuries and physical pain that mental athletes are going through. I mean, school D1 schools, and I feel like any school is going to hire the best trainer they think they can get, um, have the best facilities for uh, student athletes to recover at. But um, one of the one of the things that's starting to, to make news more is is mental health. I mean, I think at N NC State. Um, Kind of went through a little little mental health crisis a little bit with just regular uh, regular students 
um, in the beginning of the semester. Like it's 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 a real issue, and I think a lot of people and like my father's generation and and a lot of like older people that are running these schools and running the NCAA and and those conferences. It's something that when they were growing up, like, you know, you're, you're a little down on yourself, like boohoo, get up, get going. Like it, it was kind of pushed aside, but now it's, it's starting to become a bigger issue. And I think kids, kids my age are starting to like push it a lot more of like, yeah, you want me to meet these standards and you want me to grow and you want me to become a better athlete, but I need to, I need mental health resources. Like I, it's just as important. And if you're not mentally into your sport and you're, and you don't think, and you're like mentally unstable and like, and it's not just athletics that brings like the stress It's school and it's how to, how to maintain being a student and an athlete at the same time, which is like, not a lot of people get to do that. Um, so it's kind of building building and growing the resources uh, for student athletes when it comes to mental health and really like bunkering down and just committing to that is, is a really, really big thing for me because I've, I've, I mean, Wes knows and, and Yaya knows and my team knows and every, every coach that I've had knows how, like how much I've struggled mentally with uh, breaking, breaking through brick walls that are ahead of me and getting back on the board and pushing through, like being scared and, making that progress like i i've I've had my own mental health struggles you know i've I've struggled with a lot like um that i'm pretty open about it so it's it's like a lot of people know what i go through and when i'm going through something i for me personally like i just let people know and so they can help me but i know a lot of people struggle with stuff and they won't open up about it um and there's this really big stigma with men uh with student athletes even just with normal people just everyone there's a really big stigma around mental health and seeing like a psychologist and just seeing or having a friend that you can like just talk to and open up to um kind of breaking that stigma is 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 a really big big thing that i think the ncaa as well as just everyone can do of just telling people like hey it's it's okay to open up and tell people that you're struggling yeah for Um, sure because the sec for me in my experience the second i open up and i tell people i feel great i feel so much better people know and if people start seeing me go down that path again they they pull me aside and they're like hey how are you doing like i noticed that you've been struggling recently like is everything okay like what's going on and i think even for usa diving too just breaking that stigma and really building resources for athletes to to improve on their their mental game as well as their physical game is is really really big for me and is is something that i think both organizations can can do a lot to improve on yeah yeah Awesome. All right. So favorite drill, one drill. Ooh. I would love, I would love to say anything double bouncing. I like, I love double bouncing stuff, but I think the best for me and is, is standing. I love doing standing fronts. Yeah. I think, I think standing awesome. fronts just improves my board timing and just improves everything and if i can build confidence and doing a dive standing yeah then when i get a hurdle i'm like oh my god this is so easy yep awesome all right best advice given or received i would say the best advice i've ever received was just staying present being in the moment um the second the second you pull yourself out 
of the moment is 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 when you that's when all the anxiety comes in and um you know life isn't too long and if you start thinking about it in in terms of well how long am i gonna live how much time do i have doing this like i mean i only have if i don't get a fifth year i have three months of diving left yep but i'm not i'm not worried about that right now because what i'm worried about is i have a meet to go to and a week yeah. and i'm like okay now i gotta i gotta get 307 off i gotta get 109 off and um yeah. staying in the moment staying in the short term is is the best advice i i've ever received and it's only helped me awesome who would you like to hear us interview next todd michaels todd i agree oh, that 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 man has so many stories that he has told me and i feel like he's had such an interesting life Yes. And I, I think I don't even think I know a quarter of what he's done. So I think I think he I think he'd love to do this. All right. Awesome. I'll reach out. And then I stole this one from Dr. Rob Bell. What question are we not asking that we should be? Ooh. I would say based off of like a lot of what I just talked about, I think I think a great question is. So like how you've been doing? How like how how are you doing? Like how's how's training been recently? How's uh yeah. how's how's competitions been? Like just yeah. How's I like it? How's your life been so far? I think that's I like a great it. question. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So just for our listeners at home, it's going to start to be about that time where we're going to be bringing up camps and clinics in the summertime and in the springtime. So coaches, if you're interested in trying to have us run those advertisements for you, um, reach out to us via Instagram. Message us. Um, Aaron will also give our uh, email address as well. Aaron will kind of handle most of that con- correspondence. Um, but honestly, Bane, thank you so much for joining us. I think uh, maybe a follow-up might be needed in regards to maybe having you and Dylan come on and just uh, maybe it's like a quick one, just talking about that legislation you might want to propose. And maybe we can figure out a way to get the diving community behind you guys a little bit more and just bring awareness to that. So keep us posted on that. And um for, for me, at least, uh, before Aaron does our send-off, thanks for joining us. It's been awesome to get to know you over the last week, see your success at Winter Nationals, and we're looking forward to more success at uh, NCAAs. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. I, I love the opportunity to to be on here, and as I said earlier, I love to talk, and I I mean, talking about myself is kind of fun, so uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to do it again. Awesome. For sure. All right, well, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is thedivingpod at gmail.com. Again, go over to divingpod.itemorder.com. There's t-shirts and hoodies for sale. Just enter dive pod at checkout. That gets me paying for your shipping. Um, yeah, as we said before, thank you so much, Bane. Really fun to see you. Really fun to meet you last week. And um, excited to see what the future holds. Thank you. All right. Yeah, man. And we'll see you next time.